0: In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H.
1: from Party Line here at 970-WATH. I'm Scott Daly filling in for Dave Palmer this morning as uh, today is Pat's Memorial, Dave's wife, as many of you know. So Dave is uh, preparing for that with family and uh, probably not going to be an easy time for Dave today. So keep him in your thoughts and prayers, if you would. Pat's Memorial will take place today, Uh, Pat Palmer that is, Uh, It will take place today at the Presbyterian Church in Athens, downtown Athens, uptown Athens, whichever you prefer. So uh, it's open to the public if you would like to join in and pay your respects. Uh, It is getting started right around 1130 this morning. I think they're going to uh, be a little bit of food, snacks, items there, some uh, refreshments there too. So uh, if you would like to join in. Uh, please do so. Again, it is open to the public. It's at the Presbyterian Church, once again, in Athens, which is on the corner of Court and uh, Washington Streets. It is right near the uh, city building, the Athens City Building, right next to it, as a matter of fact, across from the city parking garage, kind of. So uh, you know, join in if you would like to attend. Uh, Again, it starts right around at 1130. I'm not sure what time the official ceremony begins. Uh, I want to say maybe 1 o'clock. But uh, anyway, I'm filling in for Dave over here in the hot seat, as I call it, or chair number one, as they refer to it in the musical industry with orchestras, uh, bands, performing arts type of things, that type of thing. Yeah, that type of thing. <laughs> well, it is Tuesday, July 12, 2022. Coming up on 17 minutes after 9 o'clock. Weather-wise, uh, we had a little bit of hazy sunshine earlier. And uh, still hazy sunshine here in Athens. And a little breeze out there, but the humidity is still way up there. At uh, Right around, well, let's just check and see what it is. It is 76 degrees and humidity reading is 81%. And the dew point is at 69. I was watching someone explain the dew point this morning, a meteorologist. And I thought that was pretty interesting how he explained that. And uh, I'm just going to look up the official definition. And uh, what is dew point? So uh, it is, according to this definition, from the Oxford Languages, The atmospheric temperature according to pressure and humidity below which water droplets begin to condense and dew can form. Now, what does that mean in simple terms? (laughs) That's what I like. The dew point is the temperature. The air needs to be cooled at a constant pressure. Boy, we're getting into meteorology terms here, aren't we? In order to achieve relative humidity... 100% at this point the air cannot hold more water in the gas form thus it rains right now what does the dew point tell you we have a little meteorology 101 here (laughs) the dew point temperature tells us the absolute quantity of moisture that is in the air at the time thereby indicating how humid it will feel outside to our bodies On the other hand, relative humidity only tells us how saturated the air is to how much it can hold. All right, now, for instance, if we get to a 70-degree dew point, well, that indicates the temperature is very hot and humid. And we're at, uh, what, 68, 69 degrees right now, which means it is humid. All right, now, it's not real hot. At 76 degrees, so it goes on to say at a dew point temperature of 70 degrees Fahrenheit, air parcels reach saturation at an air temperature of 70 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, all right. <laughs> what dew point feels humid? The temperature of 60 to 65. And the general rule of thumb is that dew points in the 50s, 50 degree range or lower is comfortable during the warm months, 60 to 65, and it feels sticky or humid. And as we know, dews above 65 are downright muggy and even tropical when they reach the 70 degree range. So there you have it. Meteorology 101, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. <laughs> some people hear that and I've I've had people ask me can you explain what the dew point is so there you go dew point right now is 69 degrees so we're almost to that 70 degree dew point range however it's gonna be hot again today high temp near 85 Uh, low temperature tonight near 59 Uh, but I'm guessing still may be a little humid and Tomorrow, 85, low temperature of 60. And then uh, Thursday, Friday, 85 on Thursday. And sunny on Friday with 84 for the high temperature. Low temperatures both evenings in the upper 50s. So, going to be a little bit cooler, some nice weather on the way in the evenings anyway. Now, let's just hope that humidity will drop down just a bit. All right. So, there you have it, meteorology. 101 here on party line on this tuesday july 12 2022 with that being said you ever sit in meetings where people say that a lot with that said i know we've talked about that previously but i always thought when a meeting was being held things are said and they say with that said okay yes It was said, (laughs) and thus the word salad has a little bit of a start to it. That's another term that has come to fruition and uh, a lot of use here recently. But uh, anyway, that's for another topic. Some of you may know what that means. But anyway, uh, with that all said... (laughs) Well, here's another one. It is what it is. Well, yeah, it is. Certainly is. (laughs) Oh, boy. Talk about PC terminology. (sighs) Okay, here we go. Today is Tuesday, July 12th. I almost said another date, but it is July 12th, the 193rd day of 2022. 172 days remain in the year, and on July 12, 1909, the House of Representatives joined the Senate in passing the 16th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, allowing for a federal income tax, and submitted it to the states, which we still enjoy paying today, don't we? of course we do sarcasm it was declared ratified in February of 1913 yeah federal taxes and we get to watch it wasted every day with government spending it seems like and on this date in 1543 England's King Henry the eighth and the Eighth. hey Dave would get that right today Henry VIII, I am, I am. He married his sixth and last wife, Catherine Parr. It seems like we've talked about Henry VIII. The last few days with things about him being in history, historical realms. (laughs) He was a busy guy. Well, number six happened on this date, his sixth marriage anyway. In 1543. And in 1812, United States forces led by General William Hall entered Canada during the War of 1812 against Britain. However, the general retreated shortly thereafter to Detroit. And maybe he sat in on the Detroit Tigers game that day. Not likely. Detroit Tigers weren't even in existence (laughs) Then, as I'm sure many of you know, uh, in 1862, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln signed a bill authorizing the Army Medal of Honor. And in 1908, comedian Milton Berle, Uncle Melty, was born Mendel Burlinger in New York City. Happy birthday, Mendel Burlinger. In 1965, the Beach Boys single, California Girls was released by Capitol Records, still remains one of the top classic hits of all time. In 1967, rioting erupted in Newark, New Jersey over the police beating of a black taxi driver. 26 people were killed in the five days of violence that followed. Boy, oh boy, we see a lot of that happening. Way too much of that happening. And moving on to 1974, President Richard Nixon signed a measure creating the Congressional Budget Office. Former White House aide John Ehrlichman and three others were convicted of conspiring to violate the civil rights of Daniel Ellsberg's former psychiatrist. Hmm, trying to remember what that was about. Three others convicted of conspiring to violate the civil rights of a psychiatrist. Hmm, all right. I guess that was their thing anyway. In 1984, Democratic presidential candidate Walter Mondale announced his choice of U.S. Representative Geraldine A. Ferraro of New York to be his running mate. Ferraro was the first woman to run for vice president on a major party ticket. And, uh, let's see. Oh, wow, I remember this. In 1991, a Japanese professor who had translated Salman Rushdie's The Satanic Verses was found stabbed to death nine days after the novel's Italian translator was attacked in Milan, Italy. And in 1994, President Bill Clinton visited Germany, went to the eastern section of Berlin, the first U.S. president to do so since Harry Truman. 2003, the USS Ronald Reagan, the first carrier named for a living president, was commissioned in Norfolk, Virginia. And let's see here. I guess we'll head it off right there. Uh, One year ago today, new COVID-19 cases per day in the US were more than twice as high as just three weeks earlier, jumping to an average of about 23,600 per day. The increase was driven by the fast-spreading Delta variant, lagging vaccination rates, and 4th of July super-spreader gatherings. Wow. Uh, Let's see. One year ago today, former Louisiana Governor Edwin Edwards died at 93. He had served four terms as governor and dominated the state's politics for decades but also spent eight years in federal prison for taking payoffs to help steer riverboat casino licenses to his cronies. Ah, shades of Al Capone. (laughs) Today's birthdays include singer-musician Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. 79? Doesn't seem possible, but it is. Actor Denise... Nicholas is 78, singer-songwriter Butch Hancock, 77, fitness guru Richard Simmons, 74 years young, singer Walter Egan, 74, and one of my favorite actresses of all time, and it didn't hurt that she was in Charlie's Angels either, I may add, Cheryl Ladd is 71. She's the one that took over for uh, Farrah Fawcett when Farrah left Charlie's Angels. So, uh, happy birthday, Cheryl Ladd, and many, many more. Hard to believe she's 71, but she might say the same thing about my age. (laughs) Country singer Julie Miller is 66. Gospel singer Sandy Patty, 66. And actor Buddy Foster, 65. Actor Judy Evans is 58. Yeah, that's what they're putting in here now, not actress. I mean, everybody, male or female, is an actor in this listing. Rock singer Robin Wilson of the Gin Blossoms, pretty cool group. I've seen them a couple times. They are really good. Is 57 years young. Olympic gold medal figure skater. Christy Yamaguchi is 51. And uh, let's see. I'm not recognizing a lot of the younger names, Uh, but we'll pick out a few of them anyway. Actor Allison Wright, 46. Senator... Kirsten Cinema, Democrat of Arizona, is 46. Uh, actor Michelle Rodriguez, 44. Country singer-musician Kimberly Perry of the band Perry, 39, years young. My goodness, there are a lot of birthdays listed here today. Uh, Olympic gold medalist Jordan Weaver is 27 and Nobel Peace laureate Malala Yousafzai is 25. There you have it. Interesting news and birthdays for this date in history this July 12th, 2022. It is 9:31 on this Tuesday morning and I uh, got a few topics to talk about and I think many of you know gas prices are crazy high. So, we'll talk about that here in just a second. We've got a caller ringing in here. Let me see if I can bring them on board. Good morning, good sir.
2: How are you, my brother?
1: I'm better now that I'm talking to you.
2: I first thought Palmer was there. I'm like, answer the phone, buddy.
1: <laughs> I'm on. I'm on it. You're on. What do you got? What's on your mind, oh, yeah, it's good. my good, good to brother? Hear you. I first want to send my uh, it's good to hear you too. prayers to the
2: Palmer family. Wonderful woman, wonderful people. I have two things I want to say today, and you need not chime in or say you agree or not. I really, that's not important. Um, Go for it. I don't know if any of your listeners, probably not, since it's a very liberal community, watch the Tucker Carlson show. Uh, so I'm probably already in trouble, but I really don't care. I think he's like the new Rush Limbaugh um, now. And, um, you know, I've taught public speaking for almost 40 years. Uh, and also persuasive speaking at parts of those times. I'm never going to teach in those classes again, pretty much, because that's all done in my life. But the first 25 minutes of his show last night was one of the most persuasive presentations I've seen in a long time. And whether you are a Tucker Carlson hater, a Fox hater, and you think Joe Biden is the greatest thing since, you know, apple pie, you cannot, if you watch that presentation with an open mind, you ought to at least come away with the thought, wow, this is something worth investigating, this relationship between Hunter Biden and his father, and the corruption there is... That could be so explosive, and I just wonder if more of the mainstream, some of the mainstream media is coming around to some of the points he made last night, um, but not enough. And I wonder if that presentation will move that needle. It was quite, uh, quite profound. And yes, I mean, being the academic that I am, if I sat down and had to, I could, I could find a rebuttal or find some way to sort of um, dig some pinprints in it perhaps, but it was still quite persuasive, and it would take quite a bit of uh, emotion uh, and research to combat his presentation. So, again, like I said, I'm sure there are people that already have said, well, it's not, you know. It's like people don't like MSNBC; they never turn it on. People don't like Fox; they never turn it on. I get that, uh, but it was amazing. So, secondly, the race in Chicago, the mayor's race in Chicago, bears watching because it could be a pre a, a foretaste of what's to come in this country. First of you all, know, you got the mayor there running against a gay Mexican American. Democrat from her own party. So neither one of them can use the race card. Neither one of them can use the sexuality card. And they're both from the same party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
2: going to be hot, baby. Uh, and here's yes. my point I think these are going to become more common races, Scott. Uh, as the brown and black and the non-white leaders and politicians become more and more leaders in these cities, what happens when you get to go against each other and you ain't got the white boy to kick around in the room? Mm. Mm. Think about that. Mm. It's not all white folks. Now what do we do? It used to be a thing like, well, let's not talk about this, this era dirty laundry. Well, you know what? Dirty laundry is dirty laundry. Yes, it is. And the the question is, now that the pie is getting smaller, Scott, who gets what and how? How do you divide that now when you get the have-nots going against the have-nots? Wow. It's weird. I'm in a profound mood like I am today, but I just (laughs) had to get that out, my man.
1: Well, you can get it out. That's what we do here. so So I
2: know it's not on your topic, but I wanted to get that out and tell people, take it for what it's worth. And uh, you have a great day.
1: Um, Well, let let me ask you this, too. Okay. Speaking of Hunter and Joe. Yes, sir. This President Biden. Okay. Uh, Trying to look at it objectively, too. Sure. Have you heard the uh, voicemail that that Joe Biden.
2: It was on last night, Scott. I'm telling you, watch his presentation. One of the most powerful ever.
1: Yeah. Told his son, Hunter. Uh,
2: It's one of the most powerful ever. Yeah. I'm just telling you, people need to watch those 25 minutes.
1: I'm, you know, I'm. If it doesn't matter what side of the fence that's you're what I'm on, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it objectively, that is that's very, what very. Because com- I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it was another president and his son.
2: I mean, when you say, as
1: a president, I've never
2: talked to my son about his business dealings, and then you watched that presentation last night. I don't care who you are. It's got to give you pause.
1: Yeah, and, and and again, as you said, this is something you won't see in mainstream media. I wish the media was would be more objective. Well, some are coming because, around,
2: a few. Yeah. You're getting more stories now. Even the New York Times, the Post, and certainly the New York Post, uh, and the Daily Wire, they're coming around. Yeah. But uh, there needs to be more. I, yeah. I just hope this presentation last night moves the needle.
1: Yeah, well, Phil, if, do you remember what the voicemail said. I remember excerpts. Yeah, out I of, heard it last night. Fill, fill us in for the audience that may be wondering, okay, what was in that voicemail?
2: No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I want them to w- listen to it. Okay. It speaks for itself. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not Biden's spokesperson.
1: Well, I'm not either, but basically when I heard that, I thought, okay, for me, it doesn't matter what president it was and what child it was whether it was jimmy and amy carter or Ooh. president ford and his children yeah. or richard nixon and yeah. his yeah. daughters or even son-in-law or yeah. president yeah. trump yeah and his kids it doesn't matter but yeah. if, if you leave a voicemail that said the yeah. things that were recorded and it's clearly joe biden's voice yeah that's that, what i'm
2: saying as that, a professor i'm telling you you it's there. You go do the research. Yeah, if you uh, care. I'm yeah. not going to tell you what it says. You go listen to
1: it. Uh, well, I have heard it,
2: and allegedly there are more. So
1: well, it, it, yeah. They, I mean, they're they're beating a the drum over the other side of this, and I don't care who the president is. If, absolutely. If these things are said, absolutely. You know, much like uh, presidents have done in the past, some of these things were covered up. It's Absolutely. hard to it's hard to cover up something now with all of the social media that's, right. that's available, all that's of right. the media that's available. That's right. And uh let me let me add one more thing too. When Bob Bayette was here as yeah. our news director, yeah. Bob even went on the air and said this when we had him in here on party line that the news now was more of an editorial from reporters. That's right. And not being objective in covering stories. That's right. With what they were. Thus, the American people in many recent polls that's have right. lost faith in mainstream media. That's right. They don't know what to believe. And I'm no. one of them. I don't know what to believe sometimes. No. I
2: got you. I got you. Absolutely. That's right. And that's why I would never tout such a presentation if I didn't think it was worthy of touting. Because you're right. You don't know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what does bother me is. It seems like they all get these, they, I hate this, they, but the mainstream gets these marching orders, and they all report the story the same way. So the new line now is, I heard it today, and I've heard it last few days, the guy, The gas prices are high, and the line is now due in part to the Russian war. That's the line now,
1: due no. in
2: part. So no longer can they say straight because of the war, they're saying due in part. Watch how that gets played out.
1: Yeah. Uh, say that again you you kind of were were muffled there. I don't know if your phone moved or what, but the head, headlines again. The headlines
2: are saying uh the gas prices are high due in part to the Russian war. Yeah, due in part. Not in just part. because,
1: but due in part. Okay. Now, D D U E. Yeah. Uh here's here's my thought on the blame game. Um for me, when you when you start blaming other things, other people, and and you know we've had many leaders that have done this. Absolutely, um, not just banging on our current Absolutely. administration.
2: And look, let's face it, we've all done it to some degree. Of course, it's it's, it's an approach. Of course,
1: <laughs> yeah. But when you do that, for me, blaming is not leadership. Leadership, to me, is finding resolve.
2: That's correct.
1: Finding I, a resolution. Finding I, an answer. I agree. And let's find the answer. Right. Let's now, now,
2: now. Sometimes, let's be frank, everything. Scott. Sometimes there are legitimate blame. Oh, of course. I mean, as a leader, you have to say, "Look, the buck stops with me." Here's the issue. But let's look at the facts. This, these are factors. So there, there is there are legitimate reasons sometimes not to blame, but to just say, "Here, here are the facts." But if that's all you do, and then don't take the, the uh, responsibility, that's not leadership.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Well, you know, when you were talking about the facts, there, it kind of reminded me about uh, writing a a thesis or a final exam answer for you know an essay question. Yeah, I used to tell my students there's three things, and they some students told me they were never told this before in their prep writing courses. Mm -hmm. But there's a beginning where you introduce the subject, the middle of the answer where you get to the point of what the subject is, you explain that, and then the ending where you wrap it up with facts. So, you know, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you find those facts and post those facts to finish up your essay question. And you wouldn't believe how much more improved some of these students' answers were when they answered essay questions. Well, to kind of correlate with what you said about the facts kind of reminded me of that.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, but you've heard the old phrase, please, stop confusing me with the facts.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's right. Or,
2: d- Scott, d- are you going to believe your lying eyes or what I'm telling you?
1: Uh, d- well, am I going to be what?
2: <laughs> are you going to believe your lying eyes or what I'm telling you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Don't give me the facts. Just give me the truth. That's
2: <laughs> All right. We have beat this one, but thanks yes. for so letting me get those out. These are two issues that I... Probably ticked off some of your audience, but I don't care.
1: Yeah, well, same. You know, I, I just try to look objective about it. And I don't care who the president is, who the administration is. Do something for the American people. Do something for us.
2: Well, what I want to say, too, is the reason I'm bringing this up, somebody's going to say, well, this, some of this is, you know, three, four years old, five years. The point is that uh, there are threads to today that have followed him into the White House. Absolutely. And when you put that together, ooh, boy. Uh, I don't want to do people's research, but it's... It, it, that was an amazing presentation last night. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah. Well, if you think about previous presidents, too, there have been skeletons dug out of everyone's closet. Absolutely. I mean, did you ever see the movie W, George Bush? No. Oh, you talk about... or or. You know, you talk about, or someone talked to you about it, maybe, but uh, they brought up and portrayed him in the movie as a person that drank like there was no end to the the bottomless bottle, bottomless yeah. barrel. Yeah, he drank. You know, he he exploited his his uh, status from his father right. uh, when he was running around in college, and then even afterwards in Texas right. bars and things like that. Okay, right. we can go back. that's a Republican, all right. We banged on a Republican right there. Or <laughs> right. well, at least I did anyway. Okay, you go back to Bill Clinton. Right. Bill Clinton's got a history right of, of sexual abuse. right. Um, you know, uh, you go back to uh, even further than that, uh, look at look at as far as back as the Kennedys, J.W. Yeah, the Kennedys well, you' putting a lot
2: of stuff together. It's a whole different world, but I will say this. If we had known about Lewinsky, what we found out, Bill Clinton would not have been reelected in 1996, and might not have run. But we didn't know.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably correct about that too. So Absolutely. I mean, again,
2: uh, let me get off here because you're okay. not paying me enough for this show. So. Yeah,
1: well, I'm in the same boat with you too. So uh, me either. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> take care, brother. I'm sure the rebuttals will be coming here, so we'll we'll open I'll, the phone lines for them too. All right, right. man. Good to hear you. Have a blessed day. You too, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. It is uh, 946, 14 minutes until 10 o'clock. Yeah, the Chicago mayor's race is going to be very interesting uh, coming up here, as JW explained here, too. Now, as I was talking about gas prices earlier, gas prices are crazy high around here. Okay, yes, they're even higher in California. Um, But I was talking with Troy Bolin this morning and I asked him if it was okay if I perused his uh, information that he posted on his Facebook page that may kind of help explain gas prices around here I know so many people who are disgruntled around here about high gas prices in the Athens and southeastern Ohio area they drive to Logan to get cheaper gas and I did the math on it and actually you could come out ahead based on if you were getting 35 miles per gallon for your car. Now, out on 33, chances are you probably will. So with that, I did reach out to Troy to see if this was permissible to use his information. And he uh, uh, said, sure, you know, go right ahead. All right, now, just to give you price comparison, Prices in Athens are right around five bucks, all right. $4.99, we'll say five bucks. Now in Logan, they're around $430 to $450. All right. In Hawking County. Some places that are further out, they're a little bit higher. People are posting on their Facebook pages left and right where gas prices are. Okay? Now I did see a post yesterday. Chillicothe. three ninety nine for a gallon of gas. Okay, so there gives you a little bit of an example. Now to go on with Troy's information, he did some research on this. Take it for what it's worth. All right, it's a little bit lengthy, so bear with me here and stay with me here. Okay. Troy went on to say he contacted a former local gas station owner, talked to a current manager, spent about an hour discussing gas prices. with another local owner. Now to say our situation in this area is unique and complex would be an under uh, understatement but may be easier to understand once you start peeling back the layers. Alright now here it gets into the to the bulk of it, the guts of it so to speak. First of all for whatever reasons Kroger in Athens has been setting the price of fuel that other stations are following. They are setting the market price. The problem with that is Kroger may be advertising $4.99 a gallon, but they are actually selling gas on average for about $4.79. With fuel points Kroger shoppers accumulate from buying groceries. Now, if you have a Kroger Plus card, you know what I'm talking about. You can accumulate fuel points, and then you can also use the code on your receipt. When you get a code on a receipt, not every receipt has one, and you can go online and add even more points okay so i know people who get up to a dollar a gallon off of their gas price thus they're buying it at kroger for 3.99 which is quite a discount now the rest of folks that don't have access to that are still paying a dollar more i mean that's simple math simple economics all right now it goes on to say this kind of skewing the market since other stations are using kroger as a benchmark the Go-Mart across the street on East State is a completely different business than Kroger Gas, which they sell beverages, snacks, cigarettes, lottery, beer, etc. So they are not in direct competition with Kroger. They are not competing for gas customers. Gomart knows the Kroger Fuel Points customers are going to buy gas at Kroger no matter what, but even if they did want to compete, they'd have to drop the price of gas at least 20 cents just to be on par, and they're not going to do that. So they keep it at four ninety-nine, dollars the same as Kroger. GoMart also owns the station at uh, West Union and 682 so their prices are set the same as the store on East State. Now, the next big domino to fall are the Parmar stores, which now includes gas stations on the plains right across from us on Columbus Road, Court Street, which is the former Dales BP, and Stimson Avenue. All four are unique in nature as they have no real direct competition. They can set their price at $4.99 as well and not lose any customers because people buy gas, food, and drinks. They're in those areas. They live in those areas. They're going to continue to use those locations. Going on with the gas stations here in Athens, the two speedways are the last two big gas suppliers in Athens, and they too are unique. Both businesses on East State and Richland Avenue, prime locations on busy streets and a fairly large residential neighborhood near them that backs them up. They also offer their own rewards program. If you have a Speedy Rewards card, uh, you can get three cents off a gallon whenever you get gas there. Speedways are the only 24 hour, 365 days a week gas station in our area, so the volume is going to be their volume which gives them no real motivation to undercut Kroger, Go-Mart, or Parmar. They can charge the same for 99 and continue to get it. Now, again, I remind you this is a little bit lengthy, so uh, stay with me here. As for the main players, okay, after those you still have some outliers, individually and locally owned gas station. The old Pete's BP, for instance, On the South Y is now a Chevron but that station is also very unique because it is one of the few Athens stations visible from route 33 and 50 that come together right there at the South Y now it's the location is in a setting there at 33 32 and 50 uh, 33 32 yes and 50 and not to mention a fairly large neighborhood up behind them on the hill In the Coventry Lane, Canterbury Drive area, it's a high-volume area with a large beer cave that draws lots of customers. Okay, with that location, there's no need to drop gas prices below other competitors in Athens. Now, the real interesting part about Athens is just the whole dynamic of how there are few owners and stations. Most have little to no direct competition. Which each store is unique in what they sell, what they offer, where they're located, price, place, product, the three P's of marketing and advertising. I added that one in there. So um, what Troy went on to write, what he finds amazing is how each store station owner and manager has somewhat retreated to their corners and is following an unspoken rule, we presume, not to undercut other gas station owners. That reminds me of the gas wars that used to happen in Athens remember those if you do you remember gas was cut to 29 cents a gallon I remember uh, when we were going somewhere like to Little League baseball practice on the West State Street fields okay we were in the area and there was a gas station up here um, next to the repair shop car repair shop on up on uh, Columbus Road um, across from uh, the insurance company up there in Tom Parfitt's CPA building, uh, was called the working man's friend. And after baseball, we'd Dad would go up there, and for 29 cents a gallon, you could fill your tank for three bucks. Well, that ain't going to happen anymore. Yeah, all the good old days. Okay, moving on. About the gas station owners, they say it's not likely any of these entities communicate because they don't. They have all just held steadfast and remain consistent following Kroger's market price. Well he went on to ask the current owner the most obvious question, why don't you drop your price 10 cents? Wouldn't you become super busy with people searching far and wide for cheaper gas? Most people would say yeah. If you dropped it to three hundred eighty nine or three hundred seventy nine, would you go there? Well of course you would. It's a cheaper cost. Well he Troy goes on to say his answer was quite simple, made a lot of sense. And by the way, thank you, Troy, for allowing me to use this information and great research, by the way. Well the station owner replied, sure, but only for a day. He would drop it ten cents. Then everyone else would drop theirs too, and we'd be back to square one, except making ten cents less per gallon. So there you have it, Uh little excerpt about gas prices here in Athens. Now, there used to be a few more gas prices here, uh, uh, gas stations here in the Athens area. Uh, I remember one, I, Tro- actually Troy mentions this, the Caddy Corner from the Speedway on East State Street used to be a Shell station. Uh, there used to be, I think it was a Marathon station across from... Uh, uh, what used to be Pete's BP there to South Y. Um, that used to have, what, eight or ten bins uh, right there, uh, booths, whatever they're called, to drive in to fill up your uh, gas tank right there. Um, I think that was a marathon. And remember the old Starfire on the planes that Troy mentions? Yes, exactly. With that kind of direct competition, uh, Troy finishes up his writing by saying somebody would have blinked by now and dropped their prices guaranteed so there you have it that you know the the apparently the Athens Kroger store is the benchmark for gas prices here in the Athens area Um, just some information some research that was done of course this is public information now uh, because it's on Facebook All right. And anything on Facebook is public information, as as they say now. So um, anyway, Troy, thank you again for some great research there, too, and and, uh, allowing us to utilize this here on Party Line on 970 WATH. And with that, we've got about three minutes left in the program. And on July 4th, I played this speech from comedian Red Skelton about his thoughts and views on the Pledge of Allegiance. And I've had more than a couple of people ask me if I could repeat that. And so with this uh, time remaining here, we'll try to get this in. so with that, we'll finish up with Red Skelton and uh, his thoughts on the Pledge of Allegiance. And we'll get to that uh, here in just a second as soon as we can get that into the system, and I believe it's coming up right now. now
0: I only—I went—I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was ten years old because I was hungry. And I used to—this <laughs> this is true. I work in the summer. And I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher—a real sage of of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. <laughs> Mr. Laswell. he says, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> He says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity. Allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, oh glory. A symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, There's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts, freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose for which it stands, one nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation, and justice the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country, and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools, too.
1: Provided to Russia, but they're believed to include some which could carry weapons. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the U.S.
2: also has information